Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com and draft.com, where if you go and use the promo code BOXES when you sign up for draft.com, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? So, Michael, do you think we enhanced Draft.com's profile? I think so. Because I've been hearing them on some pretty big-name podcasts now. Oh. And I think we might have been behind this, right? Like, we made them all that money. And now I'm they're gonna, just like, all I'm right. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to say, they, they weren't – I didn't hear them in all the other podcasts until I heard them on our podcast. So, you know, if you're hearing them on other podcasts – like, don't use that promo code. Use the promo code boxes, you fools. I think we big time enhanced their profile, though. Yeah, we're the OGs. And baseball's coming up, so, um, you know, if you're good at fantasy baseball, which, uh, Tyler, uh, I don't know if you're good at fantasy baseball. I don't, I don't know how good you are, but you seem to be into it. Oh, I love baseball. Oh, my gosh. It's too long, too many games. I think that's uh, what I like about it. Oh my gosh. It's I can't even watch regular baseball, let alone do fantasy baseball. Oh uh, I mean, I'm a big Braves fan, so I watch pretty much every game. That's fair. Um I celebrated with people as the Cubs won just because of the history. But um Aren't you a White Sox fan? No, I'm even worse. It's, I'm a Cardinals fan. How are you a Cardinals fan living in Chicago. Is that like I'm, blasphemy? I'm from downstate. The state's split. It's Cardinals and Cubs, and then like every tenth person is a White Sox fan. <laughs> and the South Side. That's it. Those are the only, the only Sox fans. Poor Sox. Hey, they might be good in a couple of years. They got a lot of good prospects, but no one wants to hear about that. Yeah, nobody wants to hear. We are not starting a fancy baseball podcast. Though I bet you there's a market for that, but we are not... We're not starting, but Tyler, you can feel free to uh, to do that with with someone who cares about baseball. I, for one, only like baseball when it is over, uh, because that usually means the NBA is starting and starting to get good. Speaking of fantasy basketball and the NBA, it is playoff time in the Listener League. Tyler, we both made the playoffs. Respect to um, us because we're good. But uh, also respect to LeBron's hairline, who got second place in the regular season, who's about to get smoked this week by me. And uh, the Sloan Ranger snuck in, in into fourth, pay, fourth place over Trust the Prospects. Uh, some questionable, some questionable um, ending to, to the league. There, was, uh, there is some discrepancies on what uh, the Sloan Ranger and Dexter Lim uh, matchup. There was some people who were benched in that first game, in that first day. So if Dexter Lim would have paid attention, uh, we could we could have seen Trust the Prospects uh, in fourth place. But uh, respect to both of those guys and all of our listeners in the Listener League and all of our listeners who are still listening this late in the season. Um, it was a pretty good league. I feel like it was rather competitive. I feel like most of the people in the league actually gave a crap and played even all the way out to the end even though they were eliminated pretty much from the playoffs. Um, in that last week here of the regular season, I didn't really see too many rosters that were like just going untouched. Like People were actually checking them and changing them. And props for that, because that's not always the easiest thing to do. Yeah, a lot of people don't even make it past Christmas. More people don't make it past the All-Star break. So respect to all of the people in the Listener League, except for maybe uh, Big Cock Bangs. <laughs> Man, we're going to have to drop you next year. I don't know. You only made like six moves this year. Baines. Dude, you, you weren't listening to the advice, man. You must stop tuning in. Come on, my guy. You got you to do better than that. Uh, but everybody else, you know, probably going to be asked back. Um, and we will probably be soliciting if the, with the other listeners who didn't get in on our listener league this year. Uh, we'll probably be starting up a another listener league over the summer. So just be prepared for that. But it's um, it's kind of the end of the season. We'll let you know who wins this league. I'm, uh, I'm sure you all can't wait to hear. But there is still a few weeks left, about three weeks left in the fantasy season. 
Are you sure about that? I don't know. Maybe three and a half? There's a little bit more than three, yeah, just because the they they don't end it on a Sunday for whatever by gum reason that is. And then the playoffs the real NBA playoffs start, and that's going to be pretty exciting. But there is still fancy news out there for all you uh people who play in the head to head leagues that go to the end of the season. Respect to you. I know there is a uh, certain people in the fancy basketball world who uh who don't believe that you should use the entire season. Um, I get it. I disagree. It doesn't matter. Everybody's in the same boat in the league. There's random injuries all the time. You know, like who cares when you end your league, you're all ending the league at the same time. Well, and if the goal of your head, like if you want to see who's the best throughout the whole season, play a Roto league. If you want to have some random variance in the playoffs, that's why you play head to head. And a head-to-head league that goes to the end just rewards the people who are paying attention because you're going to know that Memphis is pulling their shenanigans and tomfoolery and, you know, this team is resting their players and that team's resting their players and everyone on Boston and Golden State is hurt and there's players to pick up and you pick those players up and that's how you win. So, yeah. I mean, it's the same. And I, I, I think there's – I think you're onto something like, okay, a handful of people picked up Trey Burke. Trey Burke's been having a pretty good uh, few uh, two to three weeks. He just had a crazy night tonight, scoring like 40-some points. Trey Burke could technically win you this week simply be by, by being outrageously good. Does that mean you're the best fantasy player, or you just happen to be the guy who picked up Trey Burke? Right, that's, and why I'm, that's why I'm a Roto player. Well, and here's the other reality of the situation. Like, you could be the best fantasy player in the world. Like, you're not going to win every league you play. You're just not because yeah. sometimes you're going to pick 10th and the best player on the board is Kawhi Leonard. And then Kawhi Leonard plays seven games this season and you lose like that's life. Um, there's, there's definitely luck involved. So, I mean, like it, it is a skill game. Like it, it definitely is. But at the same time, like there are some aspects you just can't stop. Um, In one of my leagues, I was one of the top teams all season, right? I made it to the finals and like, I had Devin Booker, I had Nick Batum, like, and this was like a 30-team league. So I literally, I had Marcus Morris, like, literally half my lineup was out. Like, I killed in the finals. Like, I don't really think I was that much worse of a team, but at the same time, like, when you're missing half your lineup, you have no chance to win. Yeah, it's the luck of the draw at that point. I, I don't think if you are the best, no matter when your playoffs start, if you're the best player, you're ranked number one, and you're ranked number one by a lot, all it takes is one bad week or or two weeks, and you're knocked out of the playoffs. It's like, well, what was all that for? And if that's what you're into, if you want it to feel a little bit more like fantasy football, uh, go go right ahead. Well, and, and here's another way I like to play it. Like, if, if you're actually playing for more than just pride, right, if you're playing for some whatever, gummy bears, whatever it is you play for, um. Is that, like code to, word, is that code word for drugs, Tyler? I don't think so. I don't know. I've never been big in the drug game. Like, you'd, you'd have to tell me about know, that. I don't know anything about drugs. But, you know what I mean? Like, I think that you give part of the prize to the person who wins the regular season. Right? Like, you know, whatever the, the buy-in is or, or however you want to play it. Like, I think some of it should go to the person who wins the regular season and then distribute the rest of it to the people who do well in the playoffs. Like, that's... Yeah, it's been easy to split it up. I'm with you. I like rewarding the top couple players. Um, that's a that's a pretty good um, um, thing. I think we. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but you know, payouts in head to head and roto leagues. Um, yeah, I like to reward the first couple players in the in the regular season. Uh, obviously, the, whoever wins the playoffs. I also like to reward the consolation bracket, whoever wins that. It gives people something to play for instead of, you know, half of your league disappearing. Well, and here's here's the reality of this. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So exclude people from having fun before it's before the season's over. Like, I don't super get that. No. Like, okay, you lost, you're out. No, nothing for you to play for. Like, no, that's bullcrap, man. There should be some sort of bracket where you can still play and still have fun because it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I get wanting to also miss the last, you know, eight to ten days of the season. But, like, 
there's still meaningful games being played right now. Uh, there's still teams losing meaningful games, like the Timberwolves lost tonight. There's plenty. I mean, Anthony Davis isn't sitting out. Uh, LeBron James isn't sitting out. Like I, I'm not. I'm just not sure what you're um, what you're trying to protect by starting your playoffs like six weeks ago. Yeah. Well, and I mean, do you want to play? I guess is like the whole reality of it to me. Like, if you want to just end it last week or the week before or the week before that, like, did you really want to play at all? Like, you played for like yeah. Some people's seasons weeks. are done right now. And and just like you said, I mean, like every game matters to Miami and Milwaukee and Detroit and Charlotte. And I mean, a ton of teams in the Western Conference, Denver, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Utah, San Antonio, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, like all these teams could miss the playoffs. Like, I don't understand ending it before it's over, really. I just I just don't like I don't either. I'm with you. It's also why I play Roto Leagues and we are going to talk about Roto Leagues here later in the show but first uh i think we want to you know call out some of the uh the goings on around the league uh nick batum is back he only played uh just, just about six days too late my friend i know it's too bad i feel like nick batum is a is a perpetually underrated fantasy player he always is, and he was having a really, really nice stretch through February. He it seemed like he was kind of had a uh, struggle to, to start the year, but uh, he really was very consistent over the last month or so until he got injured. Would you pick up Nick Batum for the rest of the year if you're still if you're one of one of those leagues? Um, I obviously I don't know. Uh... It's got to be the right kind of roster, I guess, especially in head-to-head leagues. Like, if you're punting the categories Nick Batum helps you in, like, he, he's not going to be very good for you. Um, and he's kind of a, a special type of player. But, yeah, I mean, I think Nick Batum's a top 50 player, so, of course. I mean, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and a steal. They're hard to come by. Um, he shoots a poor free throw percentage. But other than that, I mean, he's pretty good in, in every other category. Like, he's just a great across-the-board contributor and, and a guy I really like to own. Yeah, perpetually underrated. Um, he's too good not to own if he's if he's available. Someone dropped him, even if it is just for his last few games. Um, Isaiah Thomas out again with a sore hip. A little suspicious about him, uh, not just this season, but his future. Yeah, this one sounds – and we're in the early stage of this one, but he's going to New York to see a specialist. And it's the same hip that he had the surgery on and he missed the beginning part of this season with. And, man, just that worries me a lot. I mean, he's going to be a free agent, and there's no real reason for him to play anymore this season, right? Like, if you're going to be a free agent and your hip's hurting, like, why well, get back out there on the court? Yeah, why why try to win some games for the Lakers? Who are out, right? They're eliminated. I mean, there's no chance, so... Yeah, get healthy. Um, and he'll be an interesting one for us to talk about next year, right? Like, he had the amazing season last year, and then this year he had the hip, and then he came back, and he was nowhere near as good, and then he went to the Lakers, and he was kind of hot there for a hot minute, and now the hip's back, and so where he goes in drafts could be... Very interesting, but obviously we're a long way away from that because we got to know where he's going to play first. Yeah, we're not really sure if he's who's going to pick him up. I still think he could be a very um, well decent six man or or eighth man even. Bring him in. That's that's maybe the most interesting part is he keeps saying that he's a starter and he's only going to sign to be a starter. Yeah, he's not. He's only going to. And he's only going to sign for big money. So, like, could he, like, go to China? I don't know. Starbury made a whole career out of it. You know what I mean? Because, like, some of those teams will give him crazy big money. And if, if, if he's a man of his word, right, like, if he sticks to his guns and says, I'm only playing for this crazy amount and I'm only playing if I can be a starter and – I just don't see anyone doing that. Like, okay, he had that great season in Boston, but I mean, look at the numbers for yourself. You can clearly see that that's the outlier, man. Like 
he's never done anything like that remotely, really. And so no, I think he was building up to that. It's not like he was it's not like he looked like this two years ago and then suddenly he was amazing. Like he he was getting better consistently every year. Um and then just fell into this, I mean, ungodly hot streak. I don't think it was a hot streak. I think he was that good. I think without this hip injury, he would have had uh, not the same season. I think that was just the highest mark anyone could get. But uh, I think he would still been pretty good this year. Well, I, I, I'm not going to rag on him because he, he's a really fun player to watch. But that 46% that he shot from the field was just a little bit unsustainable. Like he he had one other season like that when he played for the Kings. He shot 45. But even that just seemed a little bit lucky. And so I think he just got really hot and you know what I mean? Like the, the dice came up snake eyes just enough times for him to shoot a really high percentage, but I think he's more of a 43, 44% shooter like he was for his career. And so, you know what I mean? Like the 22 a game was probably more like what it should have been the first year in Boston. Um, I just don't know that he gets back to those heights and I don't know that a team like Look around the NBA, man. Not that many teams are looking for a starting point guard. No, well, not that many teams are looking for a starting point guard. Not that many teams are looking for a five nine no shooter defense. off the bench that can't play defense. Right. Uh, who's and who's gonna be... just can't play defense is a liability. And and he turns thirty in the middle of next season. I mean, next February he turns thirty. It's a shame. Like and Timothy he's got a Mo- bad hit. Timothy Mozgov is gonna make more money than Isaiah Thomas does in his career. Hey, sometimes it's all about being a free agent at the right time. But here's the other thing, too. And, like, a contender team would be the only one who would give him money, right? Like, none of these rebuilding teams are going to give a 30-year-old point guard no. money. And, like, not many contending teams need have a money. point guard. Or have money. Or have money. So that one will be one of the maybe the most interesting stories to watch in the offseason. Yeah. I, that's kind of messed up. That uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, after seeing how good Isaiah Thomas, watching Isaiah Thomas last year, that next year Isaiah Thomas might not even be in the league. Yeah, that's crazy, right? I mean, I think he will, but like, there's a chance, a good chance. Well, and a better chance. I think that there's a chance too that he he either plays at five million dollars. I mean, like he makes six or seven or eight million dollars a year. Or if he really sticks to his guns and says he's a fifteen or twenty million dollar a year player, that he goes to China or somewhere that he can get the money goes to Europe. Yeah, somewhere, someone who's going to play him. I wonder what he could average. I bet you, even with his hip, he could average like forty in China. Well, didn't Marbury one year or like average like thirty five, and he was Man. like past his well past his prime? Oh yeah, Starbury is amazing. That whole like go, go look everybody go look into that Starberry and China stuff like he he's great. He finally retired though this year. Yeah, respect respect to Stefan Marbury at forty one years old, and he was still killing it. I yeah. wonder what Jordan could have done at forty one in China. Probably eighty <laughs> points a fucking game. Well, no one plays defense in that league. Like, uh, oh man, what is the guy the Jimmer Fredette? You realize he went over there and averaged like twenty five points a game, right? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and like they all loved him over there because he's like, I mean, he he always was a good shooter, like, yeah. But he would like step way behind the line and shoot it and make it, and yeah, it was. Imagine wild. being wide. Imagine being wide open all the time and shooting. Yep. Against guys who are, um, slower than the NBA. I think that's fair to say. Well, and they have a much. Shorter league, so like guys like Jimmer Fredette are not that undersized, and right, and that matters. Yeah, that helps. I just want to remind everybody out there that Michael Jordan averaged twenty points as a thirty-nine-year-old in the NBA. So, uh, sh- everyone, sh- shut up your mouths about anyone else being better than Michael Jordan. Just put, just put it out there. How many could Jordan average, like, if he stepped on the court this afternoon and played an NBA game? Like, if he, if he played 50 games this season for the Wizards. This season? I, I don't know. Name a team. Doesn't matter. I bet you, coming off the bench, playing limited minutes, playing, like, every third game. 
at least 14. That's insane. That's insanity. I think it's I think it's true. How old is he? Like 60? He's like 50 something. If he was 40 and 04, man, he's like 54. He, I remember the 50th birthday a few years All right, maybe. Back. All right, let me take that back. I don't know if he could or average 14. He That's turned 55 on February 17th. Wow. I'm not sure he could average 14 then. Maybe like 8 or 10. I don't know, man. There's the story that like guys will come to Charlotte like rookies and they'll play him one-on-one and he'll still school them. But he's such a one-on-one player. Like he's the epitome of the one-on-one player. He like made all these guys like Tracy McGrady, who should not have been like Tracy McGrady could have been like this absolutely insane Kevin Durant esque Draymond Eve player, and Tracy McGrady it, just like everybody else in that era thought they were Michael Jordan. Which I get it. Every kid growing up watching Michael Jordan thought he was Michael Jordan for at least uh, uh, an afternoon let alone if you were good enough to make it to the NBA. So Mike, they all, they all you, built their game around him. Are you averting back to your childhood right now? Nobody – I'm just saying, nobody on the playground was trying to be Horace Grant. Dude, I was trying to be I was trying to be uh, Scottie Pippen. That's fair. Scottie Pippen was cool. Ryman was cool. Luke Longley was not cool. Uh, who was the white point guard? That's the guy I was trying to be. Kerr? Was it Kerr? Steve Kerr? No, I feel like they had a way Kirby worse Kuh guy. Coach? No, the way worse guy when Michael Jordan played. B.J. Armstrong is not white, but he was on the team. Uh, they had another point guard, though, didn't they? I'll look it up. Potapinko? He was not a point guard. Um, we could go on and on about 90s basketball players, but we probably should not. Um, another player I want to mention, Alex Lynn, has been averaging – 25 almost 26 minutes in the last three games i'm a i'm a strong buy on alex lynn for the rest of the season i don't i don't see anyone i don't see tyson chandler suddenly coming back and playing you know 25 minutes and putting alex lynn on the bench does john paxton that was the guy i was thinking of oh yeah john paxton the current terror well the the uh, I don't know if which which is better to be Bert or Bernie. Um, he's I think he's the Bernie. No, he's the Bert. He's of, the Bernie. Of, just just say he's the Bernie. He's yeah. he's the more competent one of of Garpax. Apparently, Gar Well, that's Bert, dude. Bert's definitely the more competent one. Yeah, he's, just he's the Bert. Yeah, Garpax is just asleep and eating sausages. Like he's worthless. <laughs> He never leaves his bed. Absolutely worthless and needs to to go. Um, probably All right, what were you asking me about now? Because Alex I was, Lynn, um, I was thinking, he's I was back in my brain. Um, yeah, I mean, pick him up, own him. I don't know that it'll last, right? Because Phoenix is just doing weird crap, and Alan Williams is coming back. Um, for their next game, so I think Alex, or yeah, Alan Williams will eat into some of those minutes at the sure. five. Um, the bigger question to me really is, is Alex Len on the team next year? And I think the answer to that question is probably no. Um, I think it's absolutely no. no right. Cause he's no an unrestricted free agent. He signed that one year, $4 million deal as a restricted free agent or whatever. So, I mean, he can go anywhere and I don't think he gets a ton of money, but I think someone signs him. Yeah. He'll, I think Unlike it somehow Isaiah Thomas, Alex Lynn will play in this in the league next year. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I some team, and it'll probably be a team that's kind of on the lower end of the standings this year, will take an upside shot on him because right because we've seen some really good flashes from Alex Lynn, but we haven't really seen him put it all together. Yeah, like what? Why wouldn't Memphis pay him? You know, I don't know, like four million to hang out with Marcus all day and, and try to learn some crap up from Marcus all. Well, it's important to remember he's still only 24 years old too, right? Like he turns 25 in June. He's still a pretty young guy. Yeah. Speaking of like guys who have amazing fancy potential, 
but have not really uh, provided the playing time in order to meet that fantasy potential. Uh, Nerlens Noel oh, has, has been has played like every other game um, and played in the mid 20, 20 minutes per game uh, since the beginning of of this month. And here's the thing I'll say about Nerlens, man. Like, Nerlens has a great fantasy-friendly game, and we've talked about this. Oh, man. So we've talked about this since we've been on the Daily Fantasy Basketball podcast, man. How many yeah, years ago was that? Way now? back on the old podcast. Right. Like, every year Nerlens has been in the league, we've been talking about how Nerlens is a great permanent fantasy producer. But just is anyone really going to give him a shot? And I think him being a little bit of a character – is that, hurts that right? Like I'm gonna go get a hot dog during the game and yeah. just do immature things. That that hurts his chances of ever getting a huge role, and I just don't know that it's ever coming. Well, it certainly hurts his chance of getting a huge role with a respected coach like Carlisle. Um, I bet he would fit, be right at home in Sacramento. I don't know. I think they're I think they're pretty committed to Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, they don't need him. And so, you know what I mean? Like, you got to find a place where he's actually going to be able to get the minutes. And think about this after the draft with all these centers and kind of pseudo centers and stretch centers coming out like it's a center heavy draft. Where where does Nerlens Noel fit? And that's what I mean. And some of these teams are going to like black flag him, whatever you want to call it. Like, to say we don't want you because we know you've been a headache in the past, right? And he had that reputation of being kind of a headache in Philly, and that's why Philly really didn't get much for him when they traded him. Mm-hmm. So I would say that Alex Len has a better percentage chance of being in the league next year than Nerlens Noel. Not that I don't – I think I think they both will be. I think Nerlens Noel will catch on somewhere, but I wouldn't say that it's a 100% chance. I think there's a higher percentage chance – Alex Lynn is fantasy relevant next year versus Nerlens Noel. Well, and then Nerlens Noel is another guy who, I mean, he kept complaining about the money, money, money. Like, could we see him go somewhere else and try to get more money? Sure. Cause well, I don't see, I don't see him getting a big contract from anybody. I don't uh, see him getting a very, probably not. Probably not Nerlens. I don't see him getting a very long term contract with anybody either, oh. unless it's like a lot of team option type things. Because just he's been a bit of a clown. I don't know what else to say. Like you know what I mean. Like just don't do it, man. Just speaking of speaking of former Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, um, where where's Jaleel Okafor? Like I know he's in Brooklyn, but like where is he in Brooklyn? Well, MIA. He's another one like. Does he fit in the modern NBA? I think the answer to that question is no. Just doesn't. Not at all. How how many points will Julia Okafor uh, average in China next year? <laughs> Here's the reality, though. Like, if a team maybe fifty, like he's a real good scorer, and he'd be ginormous. Like, and they have some tall guys over there, but no one who weighs two hundred sixty pounds. I don't think. Or like. like- who has footwork, you know? You know what I mean? And so he would be a monster. I just don't really see him catching on anywhere. Is that yeah, terrible who, to say? Like, No, who's interested in – people were barely interested in Greg Monroe. And, like, Jill Oakford is a poor man's Greg Monroe. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, just, like, it's a shame because, like, you look at this big, huge man with that kind of skill, and I understand he can't defend, but it's like, how can this guy not play? In the league, like it just—it's mind-boggling. He was drafted in 2015. That's wild. Like the the league, it, I'm going to go check out when Greg Monroe was drafted. Uh, the league has basically left. I don't know, Greg Monroe was drafted in 2010, but has basically left these types of players behind. Real quick, like in in the last three years, it's it's just been exponentially leaving these guys behind. You know, uh, just a hand. What a, a couple of years ago, Greg Monroe was a big free agent, and then 
the next year, it was kind of like, ooh, you're kind of obsolete. And then the year after that, he wasn't playing. Yeah, I mean, it's insane how fast things have moved here. And I think eventually we'll see the pendulum swing back, but it's not going to be soon enough for to make a difference for Julius. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see the pendulum swing back to bigs who can't play defense. Um, I feel like the pendulum is 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 uh, mutating into Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, well, what you need to be is you need to be a big man who's a little less heavy and can get out on the wings, right? Like that's what you need to be now. And yeah. uh, but I think we'll see a few like and and those guy will be able to play defense, but we'll see some Rudy Gobert's if they're out there like come back and and make a a statement before it's terrible long, just like big guys who can command the paint and, and they can do a little bit of switching, but mostly they're just a freaking bull down there on the block. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a long time until you see the old, just get it to the big man and let him work inside. Right. And if you do, that guy's going to be able to run around a string and hit a three, two. Or he's just going to be like, athletic enough where he can still guard those players, but he's so much bigger than them that he can just jam it down their throat and no one can stop him. Remember when Roy Hibbard was a thing? Yeah, man. He got just faded out to the black very fast. I was wondering what Shaquille would do now. Because Shaquille was big and pretty athletic. like pretty fast and had really good footwork. Like I feel like Shaquille would kill some of these teams, though, that want to go small. He would still destroy him. Like, Shaq was just something else, you know? Like, especially the young Shaq. Like, everybody go watch. All you kids out there, go watch the old young Shaq. The old young Shaq. Um, Shaq would destroy a lot of these teams. Shaq was, like, mm, Embiid without a shot, but twice the size. Yes. I mean, he was just massive. And, like, the way he could move for a massive man was just... It's unheard of. It still almost pretty much is. Yeah. All right. Are there, are there any other uh, guys we need to talk about? Maybe the current 76er, Markel Fultz. Yeah, we got we got a couple point guards here, I think, that we're talking about. Markel Fultz, right, made his de- second sort of, debut, sort of 60, debut? Yeah. after a 68-game absence. I, I saw that on Twitter today. I'm like, wow, that's... There's gonna be a lot of hype around this one. Ten points, eight assists, four rebounds in fourteen minutes. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, I watched part of this game. I won't say that I saw every second of of Markel Fultz um, because that would be un, untrue. But it looked to me like they were really trying to feature him. That like when he got out there, they were trying to get the ball in his hands. I mean, he took thirteen shots in fourteen minutes. He only made five of them. So uh, the field goal percentage is going to be a problem if, if you're picking him up for fantasy. And I don't know that he's going to shoot threes. Ever? Like, I, I think he's a Ben simmons type, but he's much smaller than Ben Simmons. So he's it's, not going to be as effective at the rim, I don't think. But he's, it's nice you could take Simmons out and put Fultz in and have him run the offense, I guess. Right, yeah, and that's what that's I think maybe kind of the plan, especially with them making the playoffs and those coming up, is to kind of have all the point guard minutes with Fultz and Simmons, and I think they're going to play on the court together a little bit. Um, I wouldn't expect a ton of minutes from Markel Fultz. No, I I certainly don't see him being fantasy relevant, but with those types of stats and in fourteen minutes, are you would you take a shot at streaming Fultz? Um. Yeah, if I if I needed assists and rebounds, I think he's going to be a decent rebounder for a guard. Yeah, and I think he's going to get some dimes. But you also got a way where he's hurting you. Like there could be nights where he's two for thirteen, and then he killed your field goal percentage, and he got you four points. So risk reward play there. Um, and I don't know that the defensive stats are going to be anything to write home about. So. It's not the type of player I'd probably go for, unless it's like a super deep league. And if it's a super deep league, like someone's probably going to pick him up and hold him. So 
I'd probably be hands off. And then he'll be another interesting player to talk about going into drafts next year because I bet you that they have him pegged as a starter and playing 28 to 30 minutes. Mm, yeah, no. I'm guessing he's not going to start next year, but maybe that's just me. Oh, I think he'll be the starting too. I don't think they bring J.J. Redick back, right? They gave him that one-year huge contract, and yeah. I think they see the starting backcourt as being Bolts and Simmons, just like they did at the beginning of this year. Man, I, mean, I don't know if you could bring in another non-shooter into that lineup, though. And and here's the thing. He didn't play that much this year, but I guess the question will be, like, okay, they can start them both. Like, how much run does he get? And, and why would you want to take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands? Well, and, and here was the the way that it was laid out kind of all preseason, right, was he was going to be like the off guard. He was going to be the two guard, but just can't shoot. So it'll be really interesting to see how they play it. Like, I'm telling you, they're going to tell you he's the starter. Yeah, they're and, definitely going to say it out loud. But... And that's what I mean is, so going into drafts, like I could see him being very overdrafted because you can tell me he's the starter all you want, but – I don't understand how he's going to be is unless you're going to trade Ben Simmons, right? Like he needs the ball in his hands. He can't be an off guard. Like he can't shoot. Like how can I, how can you have a two guard that can't shoot? No, it's just not, it's just not needed. You can barely, so, you can barely have a point guard who can't shoot. And so unless he's 6'10". Um, I, I can say this with some confidence right now. I, I'm going to be hands off of him next year in, in fantasy oh, yeah. drafts. And until he proves me otherwise, right? Like if, if we come back in next preseason or, you know what I mean? Even during the summer league, like if he's hitting from Steph Curry range somehow, then I'm going to be like, okay, well, this is interesting, but I don't think you're going to see that. I think there's a one third of a, percent chance you know what i mean not not a 33 percent chance a one-third of a percent chance that you see that point zero zero three 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 yeah like they're just but it'll be interesting you know this is a real interesting team for the next few years um obviously they're very young and they've got uh, a lot of talent it'll be fun to see them in the playoffs that'll be cool hey, i'm hoping they win it man um, not gonna happen, but I'll be rooting for them. Well, you you know, I thought I was delusional about my teams. You you've gotten a little delusional. No, here's what I'll say though. Philly. And and when I think we talked about this maybe before, like that Eastern Conference race is as open as it says as it's ever been. That's true. Like any of the eight teams that make it could win. And could there's a, Philly upset Cleveland in the first round. The answer is yes. That's what I mean. And I, like Miami, Milwaukee, Washington, Indiana, Philly, Cleveland, Boston, Toronto. Like if Cleve, if Boston doesn't get healthy, I'm not I'm not banking a lot of money on them. Like Toronto always seems to kind of choke it away in the playoffs. Like yeah. the, the Cavs uh, are John Wall's still hurt. That's what I mean. The Cavs are very much LeBron and no defense. Yeah, Indiana so, sucks. That's what, that's what I mean. So it's like that that whole thing is kind of wide open. Like, could we see Giannis and the Bucks Ooh. in the NBA Finals? Like, it, Ooh, it's possible. Nice. You know I, would what like, I, mean? I would like to see Giannis in the in the Finals. And there's a good possibility that it's still Cleveland. Like, don't get me wrong. But I would say more so than any year in the last at least five or ten years that that race is pick your horse, man. Like, it's completely wide open if you ask me. Yeah, it should be um, pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of John Wall, allegedly John Wall might be back for the end of the year. Uh, worth picking up in a Roto League if he's available. How long has John Wall missed? Can you can you give me a, a rough? My, 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 guess, my guess is he's not available uh, in whatever like, league you are. He's missed like two in. months too, right? Maybe even a little more. Like, he been has been out since the end of January. And so, yes. let me remind everybody, he's shooting about 42%. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing to say is, right, he hasn't been the John Wall we remember. No. He's been this very much crappier version of John Wall. So yeah, 
shooting seventy one percent from the line. Like something something was up. And it's a knee injury, so it's not like he's been keeping his condition up. So would I pick him up in a roto league? Is that the question? Yes. If I can make up ground in assists, I might. I would if I can if I need and, to make up ground in assists. And I'm pretty healthy in field goal percentage, you know what I mean? And I don't need like a ton of other stuff, although he had been being real good in the defensive stats. Or but, you know, or it doesn't matter in field goal percentage. Right. And here's the other thing though. It's gonna be probably in like fifteen minutes or maybe twenty minutes a night when it first comes back. Yeah. So all he's probably really gonna give you that you can bank on is assists, right? Because he's always given he's always been a great assist getter permanent i think it's worth it for that alone if you're trying to and if you're trying to catch some people in assists but here's the other thing i'd say if if i'm not trying to catch someone in assists if he's on the wire i'd pick him up but i'd leave him on my bench like if you can't make up any ground in assists yeah but then look behind so this is what i love about roto and i wanted to talk about roto now this is a good segue into it um, the strategy in Roto, especially down the stretch, especially in the last month, month and a half, is um, so sp- league-specific, almost category-specific, um, team-specific, and we just kind of listed them all there for, around John Wall. Uh, if you can catch – if you're like next to last in field goal, but you could catch four people and assist, well, John Wall's a really great pickup. But if like four people can catch you in assists, well, John Wall's probably a pretty good pickup, so no one else ends up catching you with John Wall. Well, yeah, and every point matters, right? Yeah. So like even if one person could catch you in assists, and here's the other thing to remember, like John Wall could get 10 assists in a game. So if he plays for the last five games and you're – 30 assists ahead. Like that could be the difference. It comes quick. Uh, blocks and steals uh, can come real, real quick. Same with assists. Uh, rebounds too, if you got the right people. And that's what I mean. And so, yeah. So like, I, the only way I can help you with your Roto league, right? Like you can't just write me on Twitter and say, Roto league, who should I pick up? This person or this person? It's like, well, I don't know, I, man. I have zero percent. I have no idea what to tell you. Like, yeah, like you're gonna have to tell me. Like, I'm this category is close. This category is close. This, like, yeah. I need twenty data points to tell you who to pick up in a roto league, which is exactly why I enjoyed roto leagues. And the the nice thing about roto leagues is you're kind of playing a different head-to-head matchup in every category when it gets to this point in the season in some cases. Like, ooh, I can make up a point or two here. I can make up a point or two here, right? Like, I can make a point or two here. And then you got to decide which way you want to go with it. And then you got to decide how much that's going to hurt you in other categories. Like, you pick up someone like John Wall. John Wall is always, also always one of the highest turnover players. That too, yeah. So you might lose a couple points, even if you make up a couple points and assist. If you have turnovers in your league, you might lose a couple points and be yeah, status quo. If he ends up blowing you away in field goal and turnovers, and you end up dropping five points and only gaining like two and assist, you know, you blew it. Right, and so there's a lot of like very complicated math in yeah. the Roto League, and I don't want to say that it's complicated, but like. You kind of have to envision what the player is going to do and then there put are, it into your team. Yeah, there are multiple factors that you have to take into account with really any pickup, especially at this time of the year. One of the – I mean, I, I want to talk a little roto strategy, especially at the at last part of the year. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite things to do in a roto league is uh, right around the trade deadline is, is, is obviously when you want to assess your, your team – uh, you want to look to see exactly what we're kind of talking about here. What are some of the categories you need to uh, – you can gain points in quickly. And what are some of the categories you need to stave off opponents? And what's, what are some of the categories that you're essentially punting because you, you're last in, in free throw or 
you're next to last in turnover, but someone else has Westbrook, so it doesn't really matter. You're never going to get that. You're never going to drop that extra point. Um, and then unloading, what I like to do um, is unload guys who, do, who 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 don't meet my criteria to teams who can pass people who are above me. So unloading someone like if I'm first in assists, I'm unso- uh, unloading someone like Ricky Rubio on teams that are in for that could pass the second place guy or the first place guy or anyone else who's above me. Um, just giving them Ricky Rubio for you know basically nothing. People might think that is a little cheap, but I believe that is actually incredibly smart roto strategy. Well, and here's the other thing too, right? Like we talk about this all the time, like the, the market will bear different things, right? So yeah. you might make a pretty, what looks like on paper, maybe lopsided trade, but in reality, like if it's helping you in the standings, it's helping you in the standings. So maybe I trade Ricky Rubio for, I don't know, name a, a big man, right? Because I can make up some some points in some big man category. Like TJ Warren, like some random guy at the, the bottom part of your standard league. And – this is why if you commissioner a Roto League, it's really hard to veto any trade unless you trade Ricky Rubio for, I don't know, name someone on the Bulls who doesn't ever play a minute. Sean Kilpatrick. You know what I mean? Like that, okay, that's that's indefensible, right? Like Yeah, that's like a, whoa, what's going on here? Also, that guy, I mean, it has to be someone on their team. You don't, you know what I mean? Like the worst player on their team is pro- is still probably unless you're in one of those big giant deep leagues right uh if you're in a standard league the worst player on any standard league team is probably good enough to be like all right yeah fine that's that's fine you get you cannot run a roto league where you vote to veto you just can't because everyone will vote no i mean everyone votes no anyway i don't think you should be doing that in any league but Especially that's, that's just a terrible way to. I mean, like, be if you're a commissioner, be a commissioner, right? Like, you gotta decide on the trades, and you gotta also decide if there's some and fishy going on, right? Like, yeah. if if the roto league is some keeper league, like, then it gets even more difficult, right? Because if you can keep players, like, you could tell me you wanted to keep anybody. Like, here's a good example: Luke Kennard. Like, there was a good player this season where he wasn't doing anything. Now lately he's been kind of bubbling up a little bit and looking pretty decent and looking like a an all right keeper, especially if you keep a lot of players next year. But there were points in the season where if Luke Kennard was on your roster and you traded him for Ricky Rubio, it would look terrible. Oh yeah. Now it's like oh, okay, well, and Ricky Rubio is not that old, so maybe he's not the best person. But like, if you wanted to keep Luke Kennard in your roto league, like I wouldn't say that's the absolute worst keeper in the world, right? Like, there's at least. He at least is showing some promise. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be tons of those. Like, if you're in a keeper league, it's a legit keeper league, and, you know, you, you've had it for a long time. This happens in my keeper league a lot. Suddenly, you, you'll see someone who has um, Kevin Durant and Al Horford just trade those guys away for the best keeper in the league. Hey, is that is that fair? Yeah, it is because that guy says, "Hey, my my team sucks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win this year. I'm playing for next year. I want the best keeper in the league." Well, and I think we see that in keeper leagues with injured players, right? Like Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Like okay, Kawhi Leonard isn't worth anything this year, but next year Kawhi Leonard is probably a a top three round pick at least. Granted that he's healthy. Which we don't know yet, not yet. We, we hope by then. You know what I mean? But so, I mean, how do you say no to that? That's not a fair trade. If I trade Kevin Durant for Kawhi Leonard and I'm out of the, mm-hmm. I'm out of the race. Now you could, I guess, you could say in that one, right? Like Kevin Durant's a better keeper than Kawhi Leonard, but maybe I don't think so. And that's, I mean, if you really think Kawhi Leonard's going to be better than Kevin Durant next year, like I don't think you're clinically insane. I think you're wrong. Like I would much rather have Kevin Durant, but. It's an opinion. That yeah, I agree, but it's, it's a bad opinion. Um, 
But here's the other thing too. Like, I don't think you should stop someone from being a bad manager. No, I think you should stop a, a, a bad manager from fundamentally ruining a league but I yeah. don't think yeah. you should stop a bad manager from being a bad man. Well, and, and we talked about this a little bit before the show, right? Like there are so many players every year that were like, if you would have told me this person is a top 50 player at the end of the season, before the season, I'd have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. Or top well, 75 even. Like there's just so right. many random people who, who weren't even drafted, who are well, super fantasy relevant. Lou Williams is like a top 25 player this year. You told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd have been like, "You've seen Lou Williams, right? Like he's been what he is forever. It's like top seventy-five player, barely. Like, don't kid yourself, Mike." But here we yeah. sit. That's true. Good for Lou Williams. Um, some other strategy I like to look into with roto leagues is uh, is the games played. So I, I, I do get a lot of questions about. Oh, should I should I be under? Should I be over? Doesn't matter. And for the most part, I would say as long as you are only starting players who are who are having quality starts, that you're not just streaming your bench because that's not how you play roto. It's not just about who played the most games, uh, like head to head, which is really easy. Um, you. If you have bench guys who are going off, get them in there. So if you're over, you're under, you know, whatever. You just maybe you saw some injuries, maybe it didn't. Uh, it, I like to try to stay around the um, kind of recommended amount of games played throughout the year. But if you're over a bit, if you're under a bit, whatever. Coming down to the stretch, though, like right after the the trade deadline into March. Um, I, I do prefer to be under on games. And uh, this is for kind of the same reason. And, and maybe under by a bit, too. And this is for the same reason uh, we were talking about earlier, about looking at the categories, being able to assess them, and being able to figure out who um, or which categories will net you the most gain in your overall score. And um, this allows you to go out to the waiver wire and find guys who might be not standard league relevant on most teams, but would make a difference in your categories and you can stream those guys over the next month. I like to be under by the, by the, at the beginning of March, but I like to be over and kind of well over by the end of end of March uh, simply because you know, the, the quality starts are starting to disappear and also, like if you're if you're behind and well behind on starts right now in the season, it's going to be hard to make those games up. A lot of people make that mistake. Well, yeah, and then a lot of people aren't doing exactly what you just advised there, so they're looking on the waiver wire, and then you're looking on the waiver wire for anything you can get because you're way behind in games. Yeah, and so like it's a race then every day to like who gets the first pickup. You know what I mean? And if you don't win that race, man, and you're the fourth or fifth person to pick someone up, or if you have fab, right? Like you got to spend a bunch of fab to get the guy you want. And you probably don't have that much fab left. And then that gets crazy, right? And then now you're getting second and third and fourth priority pickups. And that's not helping you as much as it could. Um, A lot of my riddle leagues, I like to like chart the games a little bit. Like I, I look at, it depends on the depth of the league and all that, but I look at my like top 50 players. I'm going to try to start them every single game, no matter what, probably. Like if I own Kevin Durant Road League, he's in there every game. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Then with all my, your best players. that's what I mean with my, like, I don't know, 70 to 120, right? Like I'm kind of playing the matchups a little bit more. And obviously the little bit better players, I'm going to play them more frequently in the, or as players, I'm going to play them less frequently. But I also like to chart like, okay, you know, Kevin Durant missed three games here, right? Like I'll put it in a spreadsheet. And then I know I have those three games to make up at some point. And I might do it in the middle of the season when not that many people are paying attention. Like if I see a good matchup of a guy on the waiver wire and I'm like, I can exploit this maybe. I'll pick him up. Or, you know, like a random night, like you know – 
Mike Beasley is going to play 35 minutes, or you know Greg Monroe is going to play 35 minutes, or you you know Joel Embiid is out, so you're like, Dario Saric, looking pretty good. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's how you play Roto, right, is you just look to get as many quality games as you can because of those game limits, and I don't think that now is the best time to get those quality games because yes. weird crap happens at this time of year too. Very weird stuff. You you might be – yeah, it's all about those quality starts. And, and, and all of a sudden, two of your players might just be out for the rest of the season. Oh, uh, Steph Curry might not be back for the rest of the season. Right. Uh, Kyrie Irving might not be back for the rest of the season. And that's the reason why – I might not be back for the rest of the season. No, I don't, I don't waste them. Like I won't say like I'm out of games by – the end of March or the end of February. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to waste my games, no. but I'm never afraid to, afraid to play a game. I, when I feel I have a strong conviction that this is going to be a good game from a player. You know what I mean? Like if I feel good about it, I'm going to play that person. Go for it. Regardless of it. Sometimes if, you're wrong. Sometimes you're dead wrong, but right. that that's them's the breaks. Well, no one has a hundred percent success percentage in, in almost anything in life. You know what I mean? But if it's in December and I'm, I'm seeing a matchup where I don't other know. Than, other than Michael Jordan in finals. Yeah. You know, just throwing but, it out there. But then, so that's, that's part of the, the strategy, right? Is like, and this is, you know, maybe something people can use for next year is if I see a game, you know, this player's out, this Guy's going to get 30 minutes. I feel good about him scoring 15 points and get me five assists and five rebounds. In December, I'm going to play that player. I'm going to stream that player in there. And I'm not going to care about my games. because No. I, I often game. do not care about the games. If I'm over going into March, so be it. I must have had some pretty good bench players or some pretty – it must have been hopefully – you know, whatever games I'm over, at least, you know, 80% of them were quality starts. Well, and, and here's the way I look at it too, right? Like I think a lot of times it works out. Because a lot of times when I'm over, then I get a couple injuries late in the season and I don't really have to make too many really tough decisions on, yeah. ooh, you know, am I going to sit Kevin Durant? I'm going to have to sit Kevin Durant in the last three games of the season because I wasted all my games. Well, no, like it usually works out that at some point the player gets injured, misses a few games, and it all works out in the end. Yeah, and you're not like desperately doing the math, man. Oh, do I need to pick up Jalen Brown and Spencer Dimwitty to, to to make my games so I can I actually play all my games? Like, do I need right. to like get these like anyone, just anyone? And like going for anyone usually means you're getting trash starts. And if you're trying to make up games, you're you have to play anyone no matter what and i think a lot of people think they can make up games really 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 quick because in the middle of the season it is pretty easy in like a week or two to be pretty over on games but down the stretch weird things happen uh schedules are strange and people sit out and all it takes is if you're trying to make it to the day all it takes is one or two of those guys to to miss a game or to 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 play three minutes and, and sit out and you're like, Oh, there's another missed start. Like you're, you're not going to probably win a league trying to catch up on games over the last two weeks of the season. Um, I, I think a lot of Roto leagues are made in the final months because people are correctly identifying their most impactful categories and then attacking those uh, impactful categories. Oh, definitely. And I mean, there's a lot of straight, I, I'll say different skills, right. To be a roto player, right. Like they're not, not strange and they're not, they're just different than head to head, right. Like it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. It's just, there's more, there are more components. There's more strategy needed. There are more, data points for you to figure out the best way to win. It's not, I played the most games or I had five out of the nine categories because I stacked my team with rebounders and block shot guys and good field goal guys and a couple of high assist dudes. Like every single Roto league is, is very, very different and it is very different throughout the entire season. So you, you really do have to pay attention the whole time. Oh yeah, no doubt. 
And that's why, as always, I tell everybody, you're, you play Roto. Just do it. Just do it. I don't know what, what you're waiting for. Uh, I think that is it. I'm, I could wax on about Roto all night, and I, we probably shouldn't. So I think that is it for tonight. Oh, we got one more guy to talk about. And what? I'm going to get this in, this in slightly. This better be good. This better be good, Tyler. It, it won't take very long. Uh, Reggie Jackson's back. All right. The show's over. Reggie now, Jackson. He's up to 25 minutes. Okay. He actually played 28 tonight. Scored 20 points. Five rebounds. Three assists. Um, this guy was actually out there in a decent number of leagues because he missed so much time. And I think you should probably pick him up and and stream him. You know what I mean? Just play him. Hold him. Own him. Love him. Yep. He's going to be good in assists, I think. He's going to get you a few rebounds. He's going to score. That's probably all he's going to do. But if you need those categories, he's probably your man. It's a good guy to pick up down the stretch, especially in Roto Leagues. I would say um, there are some categories he can move you move the needle in. And uh, at this late in the game, you know, that's always a – a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people did forget about Reggie Jackson. Yeah, right. And, I mean, he is only owned in 34.3% of ESPN leagues. Wow. He's not like, you know, gonna, he's no John Wall. He's not going to blow the doors off or anything like that. But um, uh, every little bit counts. But, man, there are a lot of really good guards in the league. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like – Point guard, right? We've we've always said, you know, any starting point guard you should own. But it's like even more so now. I feel like every starting point guard I like, like with the Isaiah Thomas thing, I was looking at it the other day just thinking like, okay, where could Isaiah Thomas go and actually be a starter when he was doing his rant? And I'm like, dude, there's like no teams. Because there's teams like the Lakers and the Kings, right, that have a young point guard they're trying to develop. There's teams like Oklahoma City and Golden State who have like a top point guard. And then – like wow. every team is like you, you kind of hit on it. The problem is the rebuilding teams don't want a thirty-year-old point guard. There's no actually no need for a thirty-point team to even get us like a a mid-aged superstar. But like the teams that are contending are all contending because they have some of the best point guards in the not just the game but maybe in the history of the game. Well, and here's the thing too, like, so then you jump like the middle of the road teams and it's like, even them, like they have a point guard where you're like, I feel pretty good about that. Like the Grizzlies, Mike Conley, feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah. Like there's so I many. Mean, what about the Bucks? But don't they want Giannis and Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon yeah, to be the Malcolm ball handlers? Like, and, Eric, and then they got Eric Bledsoe with, the, right. with their trade. So it's like, nope, not anymore. That's what I mean, and like, like I, I struggled, and if you, if you think you got the team, hit me up because I struggled to find any team where I thought like he's going to be more than a Detroit? Lou Williams type. You know what I mean? Like I could see a few teams where he could be a Lou Williams, like a six man of the year type, but I couldn't find one where I was like I'd make him the legitimate starting point guard on these guys. That's fair. Good luck, Isaiah. Um... Yeah, I'm with you, Reggie Jackson. I think he should be picked up in, in standard leagues across the board for the rest of the year. Why not? Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Also, you know, if he's if you got a pretty stacked team, stream him. Uh, you got to get all those games in if you're in your playoffs for all you head-to-head leagues that are still hanging around. Um, so now, I think, unless Tyler has another guy up his sleeve, I think no, that, that might be it. I think that's that's <laughs> enough. That's enough for today. I just wanted to get that in there because I feel like he's kind of been written off a little bit. And he did have come back and play a couple games already, but like he was playing trash minutes. So maybe owners were still like, oh, God, I don't want a guy playing 10 minutes, 12 minutes. But now I think that if he's up to 28 tonight, that's definitely worth it, right? Like he can be good in 28 minutes. For sure. Go out there, pick him up. Um, So, yeah, this is – Pretty much, uh, we're very close to the end of the season. Uh, Tyler and I will be doing some, uh, some end-of-the-year shows. We'll probably be uh, doing some retrospective on some of the players this year, kind of seeing where we went right, where we went wrong, and um, wrapping it up for the season. So we only have a few more shows left, but we want to thank all of our listeners for um, sticking with us. I hope. And I'll, I'll throw one out there, yeah. too. If there's a player you guys want to hear about, Maybe what he's what what we think about him for next year. Maybe you know 
possible anything. You know what I mean? Any player you want to hear about, hit us up. We'll talk about him. Talk about yeah. what we think about anybody. You know what I mean? Like, and I know some of you guys right now in dynasty leagues are, are more focusing on next year. If you got a younger player you want to hear about, I'll I'll talk about anybody. Definitely. If you're in a keeper league and you want to want to hear about keepers, send us send us your suggestions. Send us what you want to hear uh, going down the stretch here. Uh, if it's about next year, if it's about this year, if it's about uh, roto and playoffs and whatever, tweet at us. You can tweet at Tyler at Watsy four 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 or me at Watch the Boxes. Uh, we. We'll, I mean, we respond. Like, if you got questions about your team, uh, content you want to hear, we are uh, definitely open to providing. Because, like I said, we're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for all the, the listeners out there. We appreciate you guys sticking with us all season. It's been a really good season. Um, you guys have been uh, incredible. So, I mean, thanks for um, all your support. And you know what? If you want to support us a little more, and you like daily fantasy basketball or daily fantasy anything baseball? Go golf, to, they, they yeah. are, they're always trying to get me to play golf, and I'm like, I think you just want my money, guys, because I don't I'm know anything about golf. A, I'm not doing a draft.com, but if you're good at fantasy golf, I bet you you clean up on draft.com because they're both a bunch of suckers like me and Tyler out there just throwing our money away on fantasy golf. Use that promo code boxes, that helps the podcast out. So does rating and reviewing the podcast. Anything you can do uh, to kind of get the word out about the podcast. We will be in off-season mode very soon, but in the off-season, we will still be bringing you content. So if there is something you want to hear, let us know. And I, I think that's it, Tyler. You got anything else? Anything you want to plug? No, man, that's about it. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of draft-centric content here in the next few weeks. So if you're into that, you can follow me on Twitter and find all that. I wrote about a favorite player of mine that's kind of unheard of, uh, Elise Johnson, uh, just the other day. So you can I check that out. never heard of him. He played for Missouri State. I've never heard of Missouri State. They he is maybe one of the mid majors. He's kind of a a three and D wing with a Draymond Green body. Um, he's a, he's an interesting cat. Play a little three, play a little four. Um, I think he's going to be a second round pick, and I think he could kind of be a, a steal in the second round and and be a I won't say a starter, but a rotation player for a while. Just has the right body type, can shoot a little bit. Um, looks like a, a solid cat prospect. Well, I would say uh, the Bulls would probably sell him to the Warriors, but that would require the Bulls to have not traded away their next, you know, three years of second round picks. So good job, Chicago. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, follow Tyler for all that draft content. He is going to be much more versed on the draft than I am. So I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to read those articles as well. Uh, And we will be seeing all of you next time. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody.